today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. See, she's a wise woman, but the source of her wisdom is her fear of the Lord. So there's one big overarching idea today that we're going to look at in this passage, and it's this, that praiseworthy women apply God-fearing wisdom to all of life in Christ. Do you want to be a praiseworthy woman? Then get God-fearing wisdom and apply it to all of life. Hope in God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Hope in God, He's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. Today, Pastor Ricky will be challenging Christian women to be God-fearing so that they can be praiseworthy. The book of Proverbs has many pearls of wisdom for parents, children, husbands, and wives. The reason God has a lot to say about the family structure and the individual roles men and women play is because he loves family. The enemy will try to break down the family structure by tempting men and women to focus on the temporal instead of eternal qualities like godliness and selflessness. Now, here's Pastor Ricky with part one of his message, Radical Womanhood. One of the things about cultural holidays is that they reveal a lot about us and our culture. And around Mother's Day, one of the things that gets revealed is not just what we think about moms, but what we think about women in general, right? What we think about femininity. I don't know of another holiday that brings out our culture's view of femininity like Mother's Day. As I was looking through Mother's Day cards or, or looking up, you know, top 10 Mother's Day gifts, One of the things that gets revealed is that there's all these different conflicting pictures of what a woman or a mom should be. And you can see these kind of in the gifts that are recommended. So here's one one list that says, well, buy a cool weekly planner for that put together family superstar who makes every soccer practice and leads every PTA meeting and always, always has extra orange slices, right? That's that mom, you want to buy her a a cool weekly planner with tabs and different colored pens Uh, or buy a cool water bottle that keeps the water cold for like 36 hours or whatever, or buy smoothie ingredients for that gorgeous fit mom who, whose husband is always staring at her and winking at her and who somehow always finds workout time, no matter what the schedule is. And who, when she's offered chips at a social event says, no, thanks. I pack some carrots, right? Or buy a coffee gift card for that strong, independent mom who manages a career and a family with ease and wins customer service awards and science fair awards at the same time. Or buy one of those cool old leather journals and adult coloring books and maybe a cool digital camera for that honest, authentic mom who always wears what she wants and is brave enough to post pictures of bad hair days and laugh at herself and you get together for a cup of coffee and she just immediately reveals everything about her life, right? Just the authentic mom. Now, I think to some degree, moms and just women in general feel a pressure to be a little bit of all of these things, right? Um, You're supposed to be put together all the time. You're supposed to be fit all the time. You're supposed to be strong and independent and yet vulnerable and authentic at the same time. And here's the problem. I think even when we get close to fulfilling maybe one of these pictures, we're still unsatisfied in our culture. And why do do I know that we're still unsatisfied? Well, because in a year or two, there's going to be another picture of the ideal mom or the ideal woman. 
And then we'll get another picture a year after that and a few years after that. And they can leave women feeling frustrated and exhausted. There's, there's no clarity, I think, in our culture on what we're aiming for in terms of femininity or how to get there or what it should look like. But here's the good news, guys. Here's good news today. God's word does bring clarity on what we're aiming for and how to get there and what it should look like in our lives. I think, ladies, you're gonna see that God has a design for women, that it is beautiful, that it's doable, more doable than maybe you thought, and yet it's also more challenging than maybe you thought. Now, a lot of the, a lot of the application today is gonna be to wives and to moms, um, and I think, I think that's fine to let but those applications land for wives and moms, but this, there should be application for all women. And I want to ask the guys not to tune out at this point, right? And just check playoff scores. This passage is for you too. And I want to say this, if you are a single guy, you should be absolutely dialed in to today's message because in this message, Proverbs is going to tell you what to look for in a wife. And listen, guys, if you're married, this is a model for what we should praise and encourage in our wives. So here's the plan. We're going to read the passage, then we're going to apply it to women, and at the very end, we're just going to take a couple moments and apply it to the men. So Proverbs chapter 31, we're going to read all of verses 10 through 31. This is God's holy word. Proverbs 10, 31 an excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it, and with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hand to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the days to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. God's word, let's pray. So let's, let's get an overview of this passage. You may be real familiar with this or not at all familiar with this. Remember that Proverbs is a book of collected wisdom in Israel. It's part of the, what's called the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the book of Job, they all answer the question, how do I live a good life? 
Now, Proverbs would have started out as an instruction manual for young men who were the future leaders and rulers of Israel. And the message to these young men was to get wisdom. That's what we talked about last week. But this section exists to show that the wisdom of Proverbs also applied to women and not just to men. One commentator says that Proverbs 31 is an ideal picture of what a woman would look like that applied the whole book of Proverbs. So wisdom is not a male or female thing. It is for everyone. Now, this is a specific type of poem in the Hebrew language. Uh, This is a a poem, uh, in English we call it an enconium, a poem that praises an ideal version or an ideal character type. In other words, there could be one written for the ideal hero. Not, Not a real hero, but the ideal hero, the perfect hero that we would all strive for. So listen, the point of this passage isn't like, look, all the moms need to look like this by next month or even by next year or even ever. But it's here to show that if you applied all of the wisdom of Proverbs, this would be the result. Now, the poem is also an acrostic. And thanks to Nat King Cole, I know you all know what an acrostic is. It goes like this. L is for the way you look at me, right? O is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you do, right? Everyone's heard the Nat King Cole song. That's an acrostic, L-O-V-E, with a line for each letter. The whole Hebrew alphabet is in Proverbs 31, from Aleph all the way through. So this is not an argument. This is more of a portrait. And the way that the text goes, it sort of builds to a crescendo. Every verse is sort of like a a brushstroke on a painting, filling in the picture here and there from different spots. It covers everything from her relationship to her husband, to her work ethic, to her uh, competence in every area of life. But then as the picture comes together, as we start to see the portrait coming together, verse 30 really serves as a summary of the whole section. The summary is this, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. See, she's a wise woman, but the source of her wisdom is her fear of the Lord. So there's one big overarching idea today that we're going to look at in this passage, and it's this, that praiseworthy women apply God-fearing wisdom to all of life in Christ. Do you want to be a praiseworthy woman? Then... Get God-fearing wisdom and apply it to all of life. Do you want to find, as a single guy, a praiseworthy woman? Look for this. Husbands, you want to know how to encourage your wife? Look for this. Three points. First point is this. Praiseworthy women start with God-fearing wisdom. Praiseworthy women start with God-fearing wisdom. This is a very different starting place than anywhere in our culture. The introduction of Proverbs was, was, as we covered last week, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and fools despise wisdom and instruction. And verse 30 here is in, any, is in many ways a bookend. So you have Proverbs open with the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom and the end of Proverbs reinforcing the fear of the Lord is what makes this woman wise. Now the phrase is this, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But, so it's a a contrast. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, our emphasis naturally is to look 
on the outward, but God directs our attention to the inward. Now, all the things I listed at the beginning of the message, all the different kind of mom or woman superheroes, all of them, for the most part, have to do with the externals, right? They have to do with how you appear to other people, the way you carry yourself, um, or how fit you are, or how competent you are, or how together you are. But God says this, charm is deceitful. Look, the way you carry yourself, or your skill at flirting, or your skill at sales, or your skill at succeeding, that can be an act, right? What's external can be put on and can be deceptive. And then further, beauty is vain. Now, elsewhere, Solomon has another book praising his wife's beauty in detail. Now, I won't go into what he praises. Let's just say he praises it in frank detail. He loves that his wife is beautiful, right? So he's not saying beauty is just stupid. But this word vain in scripture is used in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes where the, 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 the writer of Ecclesiastes says, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. It's, va- it's a striving after the wind. What does that mean? It means it's fleeting, it's temporary, it, it's a wisp of smoke, it, it doesn't last. So beauty may be there, but listen, it's gonna be here today and gone tomorrow. It can be taken away from you like that. Everybody will get old, friends. Everyone will get scars, Everyone will get illnesses. Everyone will get wrinkles and worry lines. And this scripture is encouraging us, listen, listen. Rather than being so caught up in what is outward, direct your attention inward. It, it kind of reveals the bankruptcy of our culture's preoccupation with what is outward. Um, there was a, a few years ago when um, newsrooms and channels around the country went from standard definition to high definition. There was an issue in a lot of kind of local newsrooms and other places. Um, one of the issues was that to look good on TV, like for interviews on, on a local TV station or elsewhere, they would just apply tons of makeup. And look, in standard definition, you could just apply tons of makeup and, and just kind of get it looking okay. And it's going to be a little blurred out anyway when it comes, when it's recorded and transmitted, right? Well, when everything went to HD, I remember watching a sports broadcast. Does anybody remember this? When you're watching a sports broadcast, you get your HD TV, you're going to watch the Cowboys like you should. And and you're excited and, and they lose again and you're discouraged and they're breaking it down in post game. And you realize what is going on with that guy's face, right? You guys remember this moment? Because all of a sudden you could see like makeup caked all over him. And you could look at the other guy and you're like, is that a, is that a hairpiece? Is that, and then, you know, all of these things that were kind of hidden with standard definition are revealed in high definition. And this is kind of what God's word is doing for us today. It's going, listen, all of the stuff that is external, that looks so impressive from a distance, you get up close to it, charm, that can be deceptive. Beauty, that can be gone in a moment. So instead, do this. Instead, look for a woman who fears the Lord. Now look, as as we discussed last week, the fear of the Lord is not a cowering fear. It's a reverent but confident fear and humble fear. It's the fear of a child who has a strong father who loves his father yet respects his father. It's a fear that, God, that knows that God is not safe, but he is good and he is the king. The fear of the Lord is a personal, 
reverent relationship with God. And the, the point is this, if you walk in fear of the Lord, you will become wise. And if you become wise, your life will flourish. See, where we are so preoccupied with the external, God says, no, 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 I wanna redirect, redirect your attention. You wanna be a praiseworthy woman, start with fear of the Lord. So ladies, let me ask you this. Where is the fear of the Lord on your to-do list? Where is the fear of the Lord on your Pinterest list, right? Where is the fear of the Lord in Real Simple or on your favorite blog? One of the, one of the problems of being in the stream of culture is that there are, you're getting so many messages about what it takes to be a real woman, but so many of them are divorced from the source of true beauty and wisdom, which is God's presence itself. So listen, I want to free you from something. I think the, the, the word of God wants to free you from something. The, the over or preoccupation with the external, and God wants to encourage you to something. The preoccupation with what is internal, with the fear of the Lord. It should be reflected, ladies, in your priorities. It should be reflected in your daydreams. It should be reflected in your schedule, in where you want to go. Praiseworthy women start with God-fearing wisdom. But second, praiseworthy women apply God-fearing wisdom to all of life. Now, what's remarkable about this poem is that it shows how wisdom flows out and affects every area of life. And sometimes we, we think, okay, I, I have my life compartmentalized. And so I have kind of my work life and then my family life and then my kind of fitness and health life and then I have my spiritual life. And sometimes, let's just be honest, we don't like for God to get out of like the spirituality kind of box of our life and try to take over other boxes. When God says, hey, listen, I have a Bible and I'd like to tell you who to date, right? And you're like, or not. You could just stay over there. This is my personal life and you're my spiritual life. And you're like, well, I have some comments about that though. And, or he says, listen, I have some ideas about how to spend your money, you know? And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's my, this is over here. You're over here, right? Now, but what's different about the picture in Proverbs 31 is, is that this woman takes the fear of the Lord gets wisdom, and then applies it to every area of, of life. And that leads to her and those around her flourishing. Now, here's three things I want you to, to notice here. That God-fearing wisdom causes flourishing through excellence and diligence. Sorry, God-fearing wisdom causes flourishing through excellence and diligence. Now, wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord. We see who God is, we see that he's made us to, to, to work and keep creation. He's made us to glorify him in our work. And if that's true, then, then whatever is set before us by God, we should do with excellence and diligence. First diligence, verse 15 says this, she rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. So listen to this. Now, the picture probably is that Proverbs 31 is more of, it's a noble woman, right? So imagine like the modern day equivalent of like Downton Abbey or something. And so imagine if on Downton Abbey, one of the noble women who normally wake up at like, I don't even know, what are they waking up at? Like 10 a.m. or something? And then they have the servant come in with their little, their little tray and help them get dressed. Oh, this is so nice, you know? In Proverbs 31, I know some moms that are like, that sounds like a good Mother's Day to me. Like, <laughs> now listen, this this. This woman has servants, but she rises before sunrise and she gets up to make coffee and breakfast for the family. And she has servants and she makes breakfast for the servants, right? 
be like in Downton Abbey, if one of them gets up at like 4.30 a.m. and by the time the, but, the butler or whatever comes in, she's already making breakfast. She's like, hey, you guys want a cup of coffee? I'm, I'm, I'm making a breakfast burritos. She's attacking what God has given her with diligence. In verse 18, it says, her lamp does not go out at night. Meaning that not only does she wake up at like 4.30, she just works, you know, late through the night. She, one of the kids needs something, science project. She's pulling an all-nighter. Now listen, it's not possible to actually like be awake for more than 24 hours, multiple days in a row, as every mom of a newborn can tell you, right? It's just not physically possible. So, so what in the world is this getting at? Well, it's painting this idealized picture. She's up before anyone else. She goes to bed later than anyone else. Well, what's the picture? The picture is diligence. The picture is that whatever God's put in front of her, she's, she sacrifices even of herself in order to be diligent and faithful with that. It, this includes even looking ahead to winter in verse 21. She's not afraid of the snow because she's already gone to Costco and stocked up on winter clothes. This is a woman, Scripture saying, that works well. She works hard. She works diligently. And we are called to do the same, to work hard, to work well, to work diligently at what God has set in front of us. But she also works with excellence across a wide range of life. In verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. And then in verse 19, she puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. I don't even know what a distaff is. I looked it up at one point and I've already forgotten. I didn't put it in my notes. It's like a thing for sewing, I guess. So she's making her own bed coverings in verse 22. And then in verse 24, she's like, so across this whole thing, she's sourcing her clothing, textile materials. She's looking at a, at a range of, 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 of all kinds of like stuff that she's making. She's marketing it to merchants in verse 24. And not only that, in verse 16, it says, she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. So not only does she get the whole textile world, whatever, she also gets real estate and apparently knows how to farm, right? <laughs> now, listen, if this, were, this woman were real, she would own HGTV. There would be a channel for her. Now, ladies, is it really possible to be omnicompetent? No, no, it is not. This, this passage is not saying you must be able to do all of these things to be a real woman. Instead, here's the point. With whatever God has put in front of us, we should seek to grow in skill and excellence across a range of life. It doesn't mean that by next week you need to be able to sew your, your own clothing or churn your own butter or something. Um, what it does mean is, is rather than just being passive and going, ah, whatever, there's an active nature to this woman. She's, she's seeking to grow in her skill in various areas of life. So listen, with what God has set before you, are you seeking to grow in skill and excellence? Are you being diligent? Open God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. shelves are lined with books and stadiums are filled with speakers touting the very latest and greatest about wisdom. And while God can and He does use these sorts of methods to impart wisdom, the very best place to obtain God's wisdom is through His Word. 
specifically the book of Proverbs. Pastor Ricky is currently teaching through a series entitled Wisdom for Life, where he will tackle everyday issues through the lens of God's wisdom. You've been listening to Better News Radio, the radio ministry of Pastor Ricky Alcantar of Cross of Grace Church in El Paso, Texas. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. That's radio at betternewsradio.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Cross of Grace Church, can be downloaded from our website. That's betternewsradio.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, our phone number is 915-562-7100. Perhaps today's message was exactly what you're looking for in a church. If you don't have a home church and you sense God is calling you to join us, then please come out and visit this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Community groups of believers also meet throughout the week in many locations around the city for Bible study, fellowship, and prayer. For more information, including driving directions, visit betternewsradio.com. We hope to see you soon. The theme music for Better News Radio has been provided by Sovereign Grace Music. Pastor Ricky will continue sharing messages from this series, Wisdom for Life. That's next time on Better News Radio.